It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Five to four. And they lead this best of seven, two games to nine. On the ground, a hot one, backhanded bone. Throw to second, out, stop, throw to first. It's in time, it's a double play, and the game is over. The Phillies win game one. There you go, why everybody else is figuring out managing spots and getting ready for free agency and filling out front offices. The Rangers and the Astros and the Phillies and the Diamondbacks, they're still playing baseball, and it's a lot of fun. Rangers, they win 5-4. That's Joe Davis on the call. Closing things out in game two of that series, and the Phillies win 5-3. Brian Anderson punctuating that game, the game one in the NLCS, with the great call once again. Well, speaking of the Rangers, speaking of the Phillies, the get-on-my-back pitchers continue to emerge. Yeah, those stars we've talked about a lot who go out there and you have a pretty good idea they're going to win the postseason game for you. Nathan Ovaldi was that guy for the Rangers in that win. He's now 3-0 and three starts, 2-2-9 ERA, over 19 and two-thirds innings. The Rangers become just the sixth team to win in first seven games of the postseason, and they're one win shy of the record in that respect. The 2014 Royals, they have the longest streak. All right, teams taking a 2 nothing lead, as the Rangers have in a best-of-seven series, have won 84% of the time. Only two teams in the last 26 years have been able to overcome that. That would be the 2004 Red Sox against the Yankees. You remember that. And the COVID year, 2020 Dodgers against the Braves. Okay, so there you go. There you have the Rangers story. They're up 2 nothing. They're in a catbird seat. They are arguably the hottest team in the postseason. But we say arguably because the other team that's equally as hot is the Phillies. They won their first game of the series against the Diamondbacks with, of course, the Citizens Bank Park just going absolutely nuts. I believe the decibel reading was up to 111. It was crazy, and it was crazy for good reason. First off, it was crazy because their guy, their ace, Zach Wheeler, just absolutely shut down the Diamondbacks, just shut him down, outdueled Zach Gallen, not even close. Wheeler, now, we talk about get on my back guy, holy mackerel, 19 innings, 237 ERA with a 162 batting average against. 
The Phillies have only trailed in two full innings in their first postseason game while out homering the opposition 16 to 4. And speaking of homers, this is what got the decibel reading up to 111. If it didn't need any help, the first pitch of the game, Kyle Schwarber goes deep. The first pitch of the game, which led to a great story from one of the relievers in the bullpen, in the Phillies bullpen, Jeff Hoffman. And you know we love good stories. We love good stories. And here's a good one from Hoffman where I caught up to him in the Phillies clubhouse. He's talking about how he made a little bit of money thanks to a bullpen game he and his teammates were playing at the time of the Schwarber 117 mile an hour homer. No, I'd already, so as soon as Wheels got his last out, I, I threw my, we play a game where you throw your hat, your hat's on the ground. At Alma, we know the connection between you and your therapist matters. But if you're already feeling stressed and burnt out, the idea of trying to find a therapist you really connect with can be overwhelming. That's why Alma's focused on helping you find the right therapist for you. When you browse their online directory, you can filter your search based on the qualities that are most important to you. Then you can book a free 15-minute consultation call with any therapist you're interested in seeing. So you can get a feel for whether they're the right fit before you commit to a full-length session. Alma also makes it easy for mental health care providers to navigate insurance. That's why 95% of therapists in their directory accept insurance for sessions. So you can find care that's affordable without stressing about the paperwork. You want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit helloalma.com therapy60 to schedule a free consultation today. That's helloalma.com therapy60. When the homer gets hit, yeah. you get paid a little bit. Right. Um, so, yeah, I threw my hat as soon as Wheels made that last out, knowing that Gallon's a big first pitch fastball guy, and right. we got a guy that really loves hitting first pitch fastballs. Um, so it was like a perfect storm. And I don't think I was even the only one that threw it. I think Tom threw it too. So oh, he did. Yeah, but I was um, I was putting my contacts in the, in the bathroom when it happened. <laughs> I didn't even but get you already threw your hat in? But you had yeah, my hat was already down on the ground. Okay. I like threw my hat and I walked and put my contacts in. <laughs> and then you're putting your contacts in and... I was actually on my, I was on my way out. Okay. And, and the ball was in the air. Oh, okay. So I heard the roar and I like was already on my way out. So this is the ultimate use of analytics where you're just like, okay, the math suggests that he's going to hit a home oh, run. Oh, yeah. I'm well, Schwarber's kind of, he's your best odds in a lot of different <laughs> scenarios. So it's like, cool. even, even if it's later in the game, I throw my hat for Schwarber's all the time because, I mean, he's just lightning in a bottle. And he was due. He had no homer to like. Right. Yeah. What? Yeah. We were actually talking. I was like, this guy's due for one, right? Good job. How yeah. many? I'm sorry to ask, Thanks. but how many times have you thrown your hat for the first pitch? Uh, recently, I've been doing. I think I've done it every game of the playoffs. For for the first pitch, first pitch of the game, yeah. Okay. I didn't do it. I didn't do it as much during the year, but um, it was. Uh, I mean, that's such a tone setter, and it's. I want it to happen every. <laughs> Every postseason game, I want him not lead off a game and just punch somebody in the face. Um, but you know, I, mean, I feel like he's my best odds. So you're, you're trying to make this happen in your mind by if yeah. I love, if I drop the hat down. Of course, I, I got great odds when that guy's up to up to that. Are you <laughs> limited in your hat throws? Yeah, you only get one. Oh, that's it. Yeah. Ooh, you yeah. So I early. throw it. Yeah. All Even right. if he doesn't hit him. I have no, I have nothing left. Then I can just lock into the game. <laughs> but some guys are like, oh, I still got a hat to throw. It's like the sixth inning. I'm still waiting to throw the hat. So was, was everyone even ready? Like the broadcast, 
they weren't even like they hadn't even really gotten oh, really? their thing yet. We were pretty, we were ready. I think I was the only one out of my seat. Okay. It was just because I I was actually sitting and then I got up to, to throw my or put my contacts in real quick and uh, yeah, so I was like uh, technically already sitting, but everybody was in their seats ready to go. All right, Schwarber wasn't the only one who went deep. Obviously, there was the birthday boy Bryce Harper's 420 foot homer, which you saw. He probably saw anyway. He blew out the candles on his fingers as he's crossing home plate. Great home run celebration. Great job. I mean, I mean, is there anything Bryce Harper isn't doing well right now? And another one from Nick Castellanos, who became the first player to hit five homers in three consecutive postseason games since. Yep, the guy who had a candy bar named after him, Reggie Jackson. That was 1977. Well, clearly the Phillies have invested in the right guys. We saw that Bryce Harper, after they clinched the other night, said something to the effect of that's what happens. You know, you pay the money. Well, they paid the money to the right guys, at least when it comes to this postseason. Look at these guys. Trey Turner's hitting 500 with two homers. Bryce Harper's hitting 409 with four homers. Cassianos, 370 with five homers. All three of those guys have OPSs over a 1,000 in the postseason so far. And to top things off, JT Realmuto, he's at 898 OPS. P.S. Why just dominating behind the plate? And we mentioned Wheeler. Well, if you take all those guys for the Phillies, that is 62% of the entire payroll. We talk about stars. We talk about investing. We talk about big markets. We talk about how you can win. Well, it comes down to identifying the right guys. And that brings us to the subject of today's podcast, Dave Dombrowski. So I sat down with Phillies owner John Middleton, who hired Dave Dombrowski. I sat down with him to reflect on how Dombrowski landed in Philadelphia and how he views the chief decision maker for the Philadelphia Phillies. It was pretty insightful. I thought that Middleton offered some some takes and some perspective that maybe that you just don't see from the outside looking in. Well, obviously, because you're not a a trillionaire or whatever Middleton is, but a very rich man who owns a baseball team and also it offers a it, not only how Middleton views Dombrowski but how he views winning and spending and investing because we heard it before I think it was Scott Lauber's story where he said you know I, I don't think the owner of the 1927 Yankees was too worried about losing money well, you know, that's, when you see John Middleton roaming around Citizens Bank Park, you get that idea that he is in it for, as he said, as you're going to hear, he's in it for his legacy. And there's no better person right now to help him build that legacy than Dave Dombrowski. All right, here you go. At BB isn't boring. Twitter, social, Instagram. At BB isn't boring. Producer Evan doing an outstanding job. And of course, our great friend, fanduel.com slash boring, fanduel.com slash boring. Yes, Jonathan Papelbon, seven wins away from 150 grand. Thanks to Fanduel. All right, here you go. Philly's owner, John Middleton. So when, when you talk about Dave, obviously, potential Hall of Fame career, when, when you were introduced to him, when you could finally interviewed him and got to know him, what was the things that jumped out that you maybe didn't know? It's a good question. It's hard to answer because he and Andy have been friends for like 30 plus years. Um, and so when I first met Dave, because I spent years working with Andy here, and he had talked to me about Dave so much, and I feel like I knew him over the years too, and I talked a lot about Dave back then. I kind of felt like I knew him. I mean, 
there wasn't a whole lot. You know, the interview really wasn't an interview. It was more like I had to convince Dave why he should be here instead of what he was trying to do in Nashville. You know, I wasn't really interviewing him. I was just trying to persuade him. So, um, you know, I, I, I can tell you what I think I found subsequently. I mean,
and this is what you want to do. I've seen enough comments from you like this is what you want to do. This is, yeah. As an owner, you want to win. Hey, this is part of my legacy. Right. I mean, it's not about balance sheets or anything like that. Right. And, and so, in Dave, again, you get the sense that there is a misperception of well, Dave just wants to win at all costs because it's like he wins because he makes good trades, he makes good signing, and he runs a good organization. So I think that's if that's true. And I, I don't, you know, so if I all cost you in, we make well, so the a, a bad so, deal. So the reason why the narrative was in Boston is why That's not, I'm just saying that was an no, error. Right? I, I understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I know. So, so that's that's where I'm going. So, if you think about it, he started in Montreal, pretty quickly moved to Florida. He went to Florida. The Marlins did not exist. They existed only on a blank piece of paper from Dave Dombrowski's office. But he created the entire organization, yeah. including the scouting department, including the player development department. You know, he had the draft, he scored an expansion draft. Um, so he created the 97 World Championship out of thin air. He then went to Detroit and had, had four or five consecutive losing seasons. Maybe more, maybe like seven. They had at least one or two more under him. And then he slowly built the farm system up and then and then they started you know, going. This is gangbusters. My point is, he can do it however he needs to do it. Yeah. I mean, you know, it, it, he's got the nucleus. Like here, he walked in here and he said to me, said, John, you got star players. He said, you don't need more star players in Philadelphia. Yeah. We need complimentary people. We need to find people who can complement them. So, yeah, we, we, we signed some, some significant players, like Trey, you know, particularly last season, such Kyle and, and Nick the year before that. But he basically put his mind to Identifies the right guy. You mentioned the bullpen, right? right? And he identifies 
end up burning, right? Yeah. And so for, for the owner, for that must be feel also when he goes comes to you and says, We want to do this, not only does he have the track record, but he has to be the short term track record, right? Yeah, and, and look I you mentioned that he's really good at building the organization. Um now, he inherited Brian Barber, and he loves him. Um, but he's made changes underneath Brian, with Brian. The two of them have made changes underneath. You know, he's replaced our director of player development and brought him in and a new person in. And, you know, but he's just really good at identifying the little pieces um, and understanding how they how they fit together. And one of the things that I, frankly, I'm most proud of, if you look at, like, Jose, you look at Christopher Sanchez, it came out of you know, Chris great teams in Tampa who have a history of being able to take players that are, you know, have been some strengths or have some real weaknesses and kind of work in them so they eliminate the weaknesses and emphasize their strengths. And we're now starting to be able to do that. I mean, those two pitchers are the prime example. But, you know, you look at Brandon Marsh and Pache. Pache, unfortunately, got hurt. Before he got hurt, he was Right, 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 right. So, I mean, you know, by bringing in the right guys to, to on the pitching set, you know, the pitching Well, look at the guy who closed up the other night. He's talking to Matt Strong. Strong, yeah. I mean, like, okay, we know he has the guts to, to be in that moment. Yeah. You know, so stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. And so, I, you know, he, I think that's what he does also really, really well. So when he's talking about making trades, you know, he can make a trade and turn a guy who's maybe hitting In celebration of opening day, we've got a special episode of the Moth Podcast for you. 
The theme is baseball and the surprising ways it connects people. I gaze out at the players on the field and then I, uh, I look over at my dad and I, I realize that in the silence between us that something has changed. It's like I'm seeing him for the first time. Two stories about baseball, family, and so much more. The episode's available right now. Subscribe to The Moth Podcast to make sure you hear it.